This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle, live from Genkwell. Recorded, cool. It's getting recorded live. I think you know what we mean there. Anyway, uh, joining me is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, Liverpool correspondent sorry, both home and away, Paul Gorst. Hiya, Paul. Hello, Ian. Are you tired? Uh, tired and hungry, yeah. Tired and hungry, yes, which is code <laughs> for hurry up, I want to go and get something to eat. Um, also joining us, we have the pleasure of, he is the Lynch standard, he's from the Eden standard, it's David Lynch. Hiya, David. Hello. Uh, you, you look a little bit tired there. Yeah, I'm emotional. You're tired and emotional. Now, the reason we're in Genk is because Liverpool are playing their latest Champions League group game. They're away to Genk. Uh, Liverpool obviously started, Paul, the uh, group stage with a defeat in Naples. We were there. We were also there at Anfield to watch them beat Salzburg 4-3. Yeah. A little bit closer than we were expecting, but kind of underlines that you look at Genk and they drew nil-nil with, with Napoli having been absolutely hammered by Salzburg. But Jurgen Klopp said yesterday in his press conference here that... Uh, if you'd have watched that game after half an hour and someone had said by the end he finishes 6-2, Genk get beat, he would have said no. He did. Um, it was an interesting one because I think when a team loses so heavily, I, I, don't, I don't think you can choke it up to a, a bit of a, an irregularity. I think Salzburg were deserved winners that night. But they did hold Napoli um, and Liverpool know how, how tough Napoli are. You know, you know from last season, you know from this season. Um, so... I don't think it, it's a gimme by any stretch of the imagination, but I was looking through the, the Genk squad yesterday and, and we were given what, what was likely to be the, the Genk team for tomorrow night and none of them are household names, no one who jumps out here as, as an immediate threat in the same way that Red Bull Salzburg obviously got one or two, haven't they, and Liverpool found that out on the night, but I think uh, if Liverpool are professional about this and, and they've got their head screwed on and, and they are ready for it I don't see too many problems and I think six points against the Belgians over the next couple of games is massive for this Group E campaign and um, I fully expect Liverpool to do the business um, tonight and and then at home against them um, later on this year um, If you wonder what the noise is by the way we're currently in the kind of like the reception area in between a restaurant and a hotel neither of which we're staying at or are eating so there you go <laughs> we've just basically just gigged in somewhere to do this uh, David um Paul just said he expects Liverpool to win. We come to the scores a bit later on, but it is imperative that Liverpool address what's become a problem, which has been their away form in the group stage in the Champions League. Yeah, James Milner was asked about it yesterday, wasn't he? And sort of couldn't really come up with a reason for why. You know, he, why tried, that's... he tried, though, didn't he? Yeah, he, tried, yeah. he tried his best. I mean, I suppose there is no real explanation for it because ultimately, you look at some of the away performances in the knockout stages and you know, winning at Bayern, for example. You know, it's not like they've got a problem on the road or anything like that. It's just a weird sort of quirk, but one that you know be nice to sort out tonight and and put themselves in a position whereby if they can then beat Genk at home they're, they're nearly home and hose really aren't they if they you know, can get over the line in this so yeah just a bit of a weird quirk but one they'll probably want to get out of the way today uh, and I pull are bound to be some team changes I mean Trent Alexander-Arnold's ill Joel yeah. Matip's hurt his knee they're not going to be playing but also it's the fact that Liverpool against Manchester United on Sunday they benefited from the substitutions bringing on Oxley chamberlain bringing on Lallana bringing on Keita so you'd expect to see some of them play I mean we can do the team a bit later on but if there's a game where Jürgen Klopp can rotate his squad and certainly in the run of games that they've just started with that game at United it is this one isn't it because this is the easiest of all the away games they're going to play probably in the Champions League this season Yeah you'd have to agree with that Jürgen Klopp said yesterday didn't he how um how pleased he was that all the subs he brought on at Old Trafford made an impact and obviously Lallana made the most selling impact with the equaliser. I, th- I think it, it, it's a different one for Liverpool because with Jadon Shaqiri injured and Mohamed Salah out on Sunday they were left with you know 
putting Div Divock in the starting lineup, and then once he starts, you haven't got a whole lot beneath that in terms of attacking options off the bench. So the changes he made were all midfielders, but they did come on and, and make an impact. Um, I'd like to see Naby Keita this evening. I think Jurgen Klopp was, was saying yesterday how he feels he's close to getting back towards his best, and we've we've only seen a flick in the arm with Liverpool since he made that 52 million pound move. So I'd like to see him, him involved, get a bit of a bit of momentum and rhythm as Jurgen Klopp's always so keen to, to talk and. Um, I think this probably is a chance where he can rest one or two and um, obviously no Trent or, or Joel Matup so I think Dale Lovren and Joe Gomez might come in there but um, yeah I'd, I'd like to see Navigator start and, and you know make a real a bit of a statement performance. Now Lynch you're quite hopeful that Navigator starts because you've written a piece basically saying Navigator's <laughs> got to start haven't you this morning? Yeah absolutely. <laughs> what, makes um, so, what makes you so confident because when was that? The last game he started was Barcelona away, wasn't it, in the yeah. Champions League semi-final, which was a very quick numbers count. June, July, August, September. So it was more than five months ago, nearly six months ago. Yeah, it's been it's been a frustrating period for him. I think I think his entire Liverpool career has been quite frustrating. Really, he had that little run, didn't he? Where he sort of worked his way into the team. You know, obviously the start of the season, his very first season, he was he was in the team for a while and then sort of dropped out for a while, and then he had that you know towards the back end of last season, sort of it seemed to. Have worked himself into the team, but then injury hits, and you know, it's, it's you know been a struggle for him since. You know, the, the, taking that injury to international duty as well and stuff. And so yeah, you, you hope that you can you can get a start tonight because I think if, if Jurgen Klopp's not going to start him in a game like this against sort of you know, although we won't disrespect Genk, it's it's a weaker opponent than, than Liverpool would usually face. Um, and after he was so impressive, I thought in that that small cameo at Old Trafford, I think this is the ideal game to to give him a run out and see what he can do over ninety minutes. And I think, you know, I think fans are excited to see him because it feels like the the next step in the evolution of this Liverpool team. It's the one the one thing you could maybe criticise him for is, you know, liking the game at Old Trafford. If you shut down the fullbacks, are these creative mm. enough from midfield? And that's something they maybe lack a little bit, even though there are. There are many, many games where you would use that midfield that hasn't got the creativity in it or massive creativity in it. I think this is the the, the next step is to get a navigator in there. To be honest, do you feel as though people are perhaps um, overestimate or, or basically saying a little bit too much about what Cater did in the game though? Because I've seen some pieces saying like oh, he massively changed the game. But yeah. Okay, he put the pass out for Robertson and he did. I thought he did personally very well, but it wasn't just down to him that the game has changed. Is, is this just Liverpool fans? Basically, being guilty of what you kind of hinted at there—that they're so desperate for him to to come in and do well that when he does actually do something, even if it's only for ten minutes or so, that they're like, "Yeah, get him in there right up right away." Yeah, no, I, I mean you've got one of the massive caveats around what he did on Sunday was that United had run themselves into the ground. He had so much space to operate, and they would sit in deep. So the you know picking those pockets in, in sort of the number ten, number eight position is far easier than it was for for Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho all the way through the game. Um, but you know, I, d I did still think he was quite impressive. I, I think one of the things is that, that, that there is obviously a, a slight agenda there where people aren't massive fans of that that usual midfield that gets picked. And you know, despite the fact that they got 97 points in Premier League season and and won the Champions League, so yeah, I, I, there is a tendency to maybe overestimate what Naby Keita did. But that said, there is you know there was a reason he was so there was so much hype around him when he came and why he cost so much money. And I think you do want to see that eventually. And that's this is an opportunity for it. I, I think he offers uh, something different that, that no one else in that midfield, bar maybe Oxley Chamberlain offers. Um, he breaks through the lines, doesn't he? He, he can carry it. He do, he's a dribbler. He can carry it 25, 30 yards. A little bit of skill, a little bit of ingenuity, and that, that's something that 
the likes of Jordan Henson and, and James Milner for all their qualities just don't have. I think he's a very different option to to virtually everyone else in that midfield. So there will be times when when that skill set is needed, and I think breaking down a, a gang side could possibly be where it's called for. Um, I think. I don't know too much about Genk, but I can't see a scenario where they're going to overrun Liverpool in midfield. So I think this might be an opportune time to throw him in and just say, go, go and play your game and, and you know, basically show why you're worth 52 million. Now, Lynch, as you're a guest, I'll throw this question on you because we'd never answer this. Jordan Henderson. Now, it's first, do you think it's though? It's a little, he didn't play his best game against United, and in fact, lately he's not been playing his best football, whether that's for England or for Liverpool. But he keeps on playing. Do you feel it's a little bit unfair to criticise him too much? And do you feel as though perhaps it's time he was given a little bit of a step break out of the the first team, simply because bear in mind you go from you know, the Champions League final all the way through to that very emotional, everything that's come with it. He's a club captain, and. He's assumed that responsibility very, very well. But quite a lot has gone on this year. And it is October, we're getting towards November. It doesn't seem as though he's had much of a rest. He's not the only one, but he obviously takes a lot of that, saying all that responsibility on his shoulders. And he's in the midfielder, he's changing and it's kind of evolving. And while he did find a position for himself towards the end of last season, which, funnily enough, is when Cater was in the team as well, it has, this season, it's not quite happened for him and would it be better for him to be taken out the firing line for even if it's just for a little short while just to recharge himself and, and allow him to work out where and Jurgen Klopp work out where he, he fits going forward in this Liverpool midfield yeah I just I, I think I think a lot gets asked of him in terms of his workload and I mean the same could probably be said for the other two midfielders but also you add on to that then the, the fact of the captaincy and the fact that you know he does seem to be a bit, a bit of a lightning rod for criticism of, of Liverpool's midfield in general which I think is, is completely unfair and I, I just think he's Jurgen Klopp could look at this, and I, the way I see it is that if he does opt to maybe give Henderson a rest today, or you know, in, in games down the line, he knows he'll get the perfect response because he's he's a character who will he'll hate not playing, even though he possibly needs a rest, and that when he does come back into the team, that he'll be absolutely raring to go. So yeah, I just think I think he is maybe ready for a rest because I think it, over the past three four weeks he's he's not not been quite at his best, and but. But I think if he does get taken out of the firing line, that, that you know you'll get a response from him, and that he'll sort of he'll bounce back into the team and be, you know, he will be back at his best. Do you agree with that, Dorsey? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've been overly impressed with Jordan Henderson of late. Um, I, I watched the the England games he, he played in, and, and yeah, I, I agree with that. I think just maybe taking him off the firing line for for a week or two could. Do a lot to recharge his batteries, give give other midfielders a, a turn, and, and sh- see what they can do. And um, maybe that can come tonight. I mean, it, it's always seen as, as a drop when you when your captain isn't starting. But the way Liverpool are now with their options in midfield, they've got they've obviously got the three places, and we've got about seven or eight who, who are vying for for positions. And it's a long season; they can always change it up. And, and they've got so many games to come, haven't they? Particularly um, in December. So I think maybe so we've got game tonight and then I think maybe leave him out tonight and then throw him back in for spares where he'll be raring to go and I think we'll see um, a much more fluid performance from him at the weekend if he's left out tonight and um, that might might be the case. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Question for you Lynchy, what's the difference between complacency, confidence and I'm not referring to the players 
I'm referring to the fans in the sense that Liverpool, a couple of years ago, when they got back into the Champions League, every game was an adventure. Since then, they've got to one final, then they've won the, the second final last year, or, uh, last season, obviously. You know, they play coming to a place like they went, we're at Napoli last, uh, last month, and okay, there are various circumstances around it which meant that there were a lot of fans went out there but even then that was this repeat of a game that we played the year before you know we haven't seen a lot of fans over here in, in Genk and in any case it's a very small stadium I'd imagine the same would happen in Salzburg as well it doesn't seem to be the same excitement not just because of the you know, standard of the team that they're playing but it's the fact that Liverpool fans not the players because we've, we've heard what, the, what you know, James Miller and Jürgen Klopp said yesterday that they feel as though oh, this is the game we should be looking to win we're probably going to win this and now they're already looking ahead to other games like Tottenham and you know City later this month Arsenal even in the, in the League Cup is there, is there a danger of the fans being a little bit is it is it complacent or just being confident in a team that has got to two Champions League fans and won one of them yeah I think, I think that's it I, I mean I was speaking to a taxi driver yesterday who sort of said that you know Sort of told him what Jürgen had said about Genk about the respect he'd shown and he said that they were a good side and if you'd watched that the defeat against Salzburg and all that um, and he just laughed and said that was you know it was Jürgen being kind he said there's no you know there's nowhere ne- they'll get anywhere near Liverpool I think you know fans understand that I think the the, the, the difference in level between these teams is such that if Liverpool do their job they should they should come away with a comfortable victory and I don't I don't think that's a complacency thing I just think it's a reality of just how ridiculously good this Liverpool team is on your point about the excitement around the games and stuff I think you know if there, if there is any sense of that or anyone sort of just taking this as a given that Liverpool are going to be in the Champions League forever you're, you're a long time out of it those, those years where Liverpool were scrapping around in the Europa League everyone needs to you know if there is anyone who sort of doesn't appreciate this they need to remind themselves how you know how that felt to not to not have these nights, to not you know, to, to be playing on a Thursday, and then how hard it is to get back in the top four when you do and play on a Thursday, and you know all the stick you get for it is. Well, you have know. to look at Arsenal, uh, yeah. um, United lately. Of course, they're struggling with that. Yeah. I mean, is it as then just as just the case of fans just being realistic over how good this Liverpool team is? Because the reality is, if Liverpool don't win tonight, people will see that as a massive surprise, and if they lose. Well, doesn't even bear thinking about, does it? No, Liverpool have come a, a, a long, long way, haven't they? Since when, when they, even when they got back into the Champions League a couple of years ago, and uh, as Lynchy says, every every game was seen as a as a bit of an adventure, and, and it was it was great to be back, and Liverpool were just enjoying the ride, and then out of nowhere they, they go all the way to the final, and then the next season they're one of the best teams in it again, and then they go and win it. So um, Liverpool have come such a long long way in, in such a short space of time in, in the European football it's, it's hard to think of a, of a team who, who've done something similar you know in, in, a, in a two year period um, so but I, I think the, I think the pool fans could probably do well to remind themselves of, of as Lynchy says those times when they were in the Europa League and, and there was even seasons when, when they were in Europe all together and um, I think the pool fans have just got to enjoy what they're witnessing at the moment because they've got a team who are capable of, of winning the Champions League and, and you know we're all expecting them to be at the business end of it again, aren't we? Towards the the, the knockout phases, the last sixteen, the quarterfinals, and so on. So it's a it's a special time really to, to be following the pool around Europe, and um, we're obviously fortunate enough to do, to do it in our roles. And the fans are they should probably just enjoy every minute because you know who who knows when when it might turn. I mean, the pool have got one of the best teams in Europe at the moment, um, so just enjoy it while it while it's here. 
I'm mildly distracted because it's fair to say we're all a bit hungry and I can just smell the food. It's really nice, isn't it? <laughs> it smells like toasted tea It cakes. does, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, anyway, uh, picking up on the whole European thing then, uh, Lynchy, you ask any Liverpool fan what, they, what would they rather win, Champions League or Premier League, and the reality is, looking at all the things that we've just spoken about, you know, not being complacent but being confident in how good Liverpool are, Jurgen Klopp will view this game, as Gorsi said earlier, as the one where he will rotate players out and that's just being sensible isn't it and it's some you mentioned Shakiri earlier it's unfortunate for him because he's got injured at exactly the time where he would have been playing a ton of games wouldn't he yeah and, and I mean that, that League Cup game's coming up and you wonder how is he going to be close for that probably not close enough to start which is a blow for him because you know where else does he get his minutes these you know these back to back games against Geng were massive because even when he gets fit now he's going to be so short on match fitness that you think he's probably going to only make a sub appearance in because he could have almost appeared in what you know, I know when the British Lions Rugby Union team go on tour they have like the midweek team it's yeah. almost like Liverpool could over this month have had a midweek team exactly and I think the fact that Klopp has been using that 4-2-3-1 increasingly recently it particularly sort of seems to have been tweaking towards that <coughs> during matches but shows that maybe a willingness that he would have started with it in some games and, and put Shakiri on the right hand side which is where he seems to like him so yeah a bit, bit of a blow for him really and a, and a blow for Liverpool just because having your options ready to, to rotate like that is just so handy when, you, when you're fighting on, on two or multiple fronts rather than just um, you know just looking at the league or just looking at Europe or whatever it's, it, it's nice to keep everyone fresh but so Shakiri's a bit of a loss there but you know there are like we say Cater, Oxlade-Chamberlain Origi pushing for starts so there are options there are people there who can, can sort of take advantage of this really busy period I'm glad you asked about 4-2-3-1 because I've written a few things the last four games Liverpool Jurgen Klopp has changed it in the second half or at half time and it's helped Liverpool get results from positions where perhaps they were, they were struggling to get one is it time maybe for him to because it was this time last year where he'd I think he'd done it once against Southampton but then he changed it partly because Shakiri came into form is it time to maybe change it around a bit will he maybe look to do that or has he not got perhaps the players to do that at the moment it's an interesting one isn't it because he, he changed it at, at Old Trafford pretty early into the second half and that, that saw Jordan Henderson as a right winger which is not his, his best position I think it's fair to say um, I, I don't really think think with with the injuries he's got at the moment he, he can afford to, to to mess about with it too much I mean obviously Looks like Salah might might start tonight, um, so that should mean that Divock Origi will drop out, and he's he's a versatile player who can play on the left or, or down the middle. But I think I think it's it's a massive blow to Shakiri because uh, as as we said there, this would have been an opportune time for him to, to get a few games because he's had precious little of that all season, and, and this calf injury really has just come at the, at the wrong time for him. Um, we know that obviously Alisson had the similar injury didn't he and that kept him out for over two months so hopefully Shakiri isn't as severe but uh, he's in Switzerland at the moment working on that and um, who knows when, when we'll see him again so I don't think Klopp's got the um, got the, the players to, to be messing about with it too much so I think it'll either be 4-3-3 which is the, his go-to isn't it or the 4-2-3-1 but um, I, I think he might just stick with the 4-3-3 to start with at least tomorrow I think the, the, the change is when it isn't going well so I think we might just see the, the standard one tomorrow Quick word on the Ballon d'Or Lynchy just the 7 nominations for Liverpool <laughs> in the 30 I mean obviously that's come from the winning the Champions League but also from the 97 points in the Premier League do you think they were all deserved? I know there was uh, one or two eyebrows at Wan Alden getting in there but there'll be, there'll be you know journalists who've seen him feature for Holland in the UEFA Nations League 
final and he obviously played in the Champions League final he scored the two goals against Barcelona let's face it that's why he's in there yeah I mean but overall was there perhaps one Liverpool player who should have been in there that wasn't was Andy Robertson no he was didn't not. get one yeah. did he? which I, I think is crazy because well, well, there's no argument he's surely the best left back in Europe you know, Marcello's the best left back in Europe we know this <laughs> and, well yeah um, yeah so that, you know unlucky not to get eight as far as I'm concerned really and I just think it's what a testament to, to the work that Jurgen Klopp has done. If, you, if someone had told you this at the point that he took over Liverpool, when they were really in the doldrums after years of sort of, you know, swimming around trying to get in the Europa League and trying to, you know, trying to sort of rebuild, and, and, and you'd say in, in that amount of time, it's four years, that he would he would have that many Ballon d'Or contenders in in the team. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It is it's ludicrous the, the job he's done really, and then. Yeah, I mean, and they've got a good shout of coming away with a winner, really. If you look at the betting odds, Virgil van Dijk's the, the clear favourite, isn't he, to, to nip ahead of Messi and get that one. So, yeah, just just incredible, really. And, and would you give what it to Van Dijk? Would you give it to Van Dijk? Would you think Mane? Uh, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't I, give it to anyone but Lionel Messi, but that's just me. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, I just think. No, it's, this isn't just who's the best player. It's who's who's had he, the biggest he's, impact he's over the, best the twelve pl- months. He's the best but player, he and he had the best twelve months. I think. Really? I mean, you watched him. At, both games last season I thought he was just incredible against Liverpool I thought at Anfield he should have had four or five assists the chances he laid on the, the, the influence he has on games is just I've never seen an individual even when he's not on the ball influence every other player on the pitch in the way that he does um, I thought it was ridiculous and obviously Barcelona didn't win the Champions League in the end and, but that was absolutely nothing to do with him and I think while he's still playing football we should recognise his genius at every opportunity I think I think people do to be fair well let's, do, let's do let's, it again with Ballon d'Or no, let's not let's for the sixth yeah. Yeah. Who, do you, who do you want to win I think Liverpool might be fortunate uh, Virgil van Dijk in particular might be fortunate that Messi is judged <clears throat> by Messi's standards I think if he'd have had that singular season where he hasn't done what he's done in his career previous I think he might have just as just as good a shout as Van Dijk. I think a lot of stock is put in the way for Nations League by, by the people who decide this. And Holland were runners up when they got picked by Portugal. I think if Van Dijk would have won that, he'd have had an international trophy to go alongside the Champions League and there would have been no question about who was the winner. So, I, I mean, I'd love to see Major Van Dijk win it. Liverpool have actually never had a, a Ballon d'Or winner. The Ballon d'Or, as it's recognised now, is the world's best player. Michael Owen obviously won it in 2001, but that was the when it was the European Football of the Year version. I think Kenny Dagley's finished second uh, one year, did he? Um, Gerard finished third <coughs> once as yeah. well. So to have, for Liverpool to have the best player in the world in their team would be um, you know, unprecedented and it'd be great to see and I'd, I'd love to see Virgil van Dijk lifting that golden ball aloft in Paris in, in December. Final thing then, well, two final things. One, let's pick, let's pick the team then. Alisson? Yes. Uh, right back, Gomez or Milner? You're going to say Gomez. I think it'll be Gomez. Yeah, I think it'll be Gomez because okay. I think uh, he'll want to put Milner in midfield. Okay, Gomez. Uh, it's going to be Lovren, then Van Dijk and Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Now you're going two in the midfield or three? Because I think it'll be two simply because Trent's not playing. Mm. I, 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 think it, I think he'll start with the three. Yeah. Um, okay, the three. Are we going with the front three? Just the front three if Salah makes it and Origi yeah. in if he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So the three in midfield. Cater. <coughs> Cater. Fabulousinho. We putting him in. That's Fabinho, by the way. <laughs> Is he going in? Yeah, I think I think Cater and Milner will be in there. So Cater, yeah, Milner, and Fabinho. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a final thing then, score predictions. I believe Liverpool will triumph by three goals to nil. Mm, I, I was going to say three nil actually. Um, I know Klopp was keen to to talk up them, get yes, the game can, <coughs> and say that it's not going to be too easy, but Salzburg has beaten them by six. Obviously, they held Napoli, but I think Liverpool shouldn't have too many problems tonight. I, I, maybe three's conservative. I'm going to go for four then. Four? Why <coughs> yeah, why not? Outrageous comments here. I'm not sure we should ever make it. It feels like we haven't won a game comfortably for ages, yeah. though. Everything's been so hard I just want to write my report by 75 at least. So if you could just sort that out, it'd be fantastic. And on that plea, we say <laughs> farewell. Join us uh, probably tomorrow where we'll look back at this game. Probably from an airport or Brussels. We'll be in Brussels, won't we? Oh, and we'll probably be similarly waiting for a taxi and being absolutely starving. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.